Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick. This is Boobang. The Basketball Hall of Fame. So you haven't been to the Hall of Fame. Do you do you want to go to the Hall of Fame? No, to visit? no, man. I think we talked about this once, and you said you've been. Oh, there. it's so weird. And, and you said it's you said so you weird. would go to watch uh, Steph and Steph. Clay and yeah. Draymond get inducted. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, I will watch that from my screen and enjoy it. I'll look for you and your sign. I bring it up because the process is every year there's players, coaches, um, talents, whatever in basketball that get picked to be in the final, the finalists uh, group to be in the Hall of Fame. And then and then they pick who of those finalists become inducted into Hall of Fame. And this year, as as is the case with many past years, um, Chris Weber was nominated again. It's like his third or fourth year. And Tim Hardaway um, was nominated um, this year. So they're both finalists. Um, so we'll see whether or not they get in. We did have some questions about how the nomination process works and all this, but essentially there's um, a group of, I mean, without getting into too specifics, you get a few chances to be in the finalists column for a few years. And then eventually if you don't get any votes, you're going to get kicked off. And so there's of course, first ballot hall of famers um, like a Paul Pierce, who will probably, you know, this is his first year being nominated as a finalist and he's probably going to get in immediately. Uh, I can't imagine him not getting in as a first ballot um, nominee. Um, but then players like Chris Weber, Ben Wallace, uh, so on, get a few chances. And so maybe this third or fourth ballot, whatever, um, they'll get in eventually. Um, but my question to you is, um, should Tim Hardaway be the third run TMC member to get into the Hall of Fame? Considering he's probably going to have a Miami Heat jersey on when he does. Do they go in with a jersey like they do in baseball with a cap or whatever? They come, no. They they come, they're little... When you go to the Hall of Fame, there's like a little, there's a photo of them. And in some cases, there's like trinkets and stuff. But the Hall of Fame is really just the museum. Mm. Um, and so there's not like a shrine or anything. But some, when I went, it was funny. When I went, there was two memorable things that I really loved. One was um, a high school tribute. So it had all these players and the different high schools they went to. So I took a picture with Aaron Gordon because he's from San Jose. And then there was a measure your, um, your, um, your arm length, your wingspan. wingspan. And it was like, you can measure with Steph or you can measure against uh, Kevin Durant. So it's a really, I mean, it's, it's meant for children, which was great. Um, but one of the coolest things also was like, there was this whole section about Dennis Rodman. So it had all of his jerseys, but it also had all the crazy outfits he wore throughout the years. So they can do anything they want. I mean, it's meant for people to visit, but yeah. All that being said, when you get into the actual like who's in the Hall of Fame section, there's there's just a, um, a profile photo of you in this giant room. But I mean, assuming assuming they let him in, they'll probably create a run TMC um, place just because there's a lot of Warrior fans everywhere now. They might not be run TMC fans, but there are definitely Warrior fans now. So, yeah, I think on career, he. Oh man, I'm so biased. I, I think he deserves it. If Mitch Richmond got in, <laughs> I feel like Timmy uh, should get in and close that uh, that run TMC triangle triumvirate. I wonder how many All Star games uh, Tim Hardaway made versus like Mitch Richmond. I was actually a little surprised Mitch Richmond got in when he did. Well, he's the baseline. He's what everybody refers to. Yeah. So when they say, "Oh, if he got in," so like Hardaway statistically. I mean, he w definitely won more because Richmond was always stuck in 
Sacramento and then the Wizards. Not looking up the stats, um, I I think Timmy des- deserves to be in. So the one thing that I always bring up when it comes to the Hall of Fame in any sport, and this is sort of my argument with why we need Barry Bonds in the Baseball Hall of Fame is because it's a museum and it's not the best of the best. Like everybody should get in who deserves to get in, who's great, but also based on their story. Like this is my argument with Barry Bonds. He should get in. He should have a little section with Roger Clemens and talk about this era of baseball instead of ignoring it because everybody was involved um, with every aspect of these leagues. So when it comes to Tim Hardaway, yes, he was part of run TMC. Yes. He had X number of all-star games. He had um, some playoff success, blah, blah, blah. He played for uh, the heat in um, the better years of his game. But I mean, he invented the crossover, like the modern day crossover. Mm -hmm. And he influenced an entire generation of players. And if this is a museum that tells a story, the crossover is one of those stories that need to be told. Um, They should also name it the UTEP two step Mm -hmm. uh, when it goes in instead of the killer crossover to tell the full story. But um, how can you not have Tim Hardaway be a part of that story? I agree. I think Hardaway should be in. And we both know that like his, homophobic statements on that radio show several years ago were probably... Can you believe that was 2009? It wasn't just several years ago. It was like way back. I saw some Tracy McGrady highlights from 2000 on Instagram. And I was like, well, that's 21 years ago. And then I was like, that'd be like me in 1990 watching highlights of a dude from 1969. <laughs> 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 like Dave DeBusher or something like that. Time flies with technology when everything is just present, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I just saw that. That happened like yesterday. But yeah, I I think he deserves to be in. I mean, if we're just looking at his career. We should point out, though, that since then, he's become an ambassador for GLAAD and has taken back all of his comments um, about the gay community. So, yeah. What other player? Chris Weber, who's been nominated a bunch of times. Um, I mean, this is... This is probably the more obvious one because the Hall of Fame is not just for the pros. It's not for the NBA. It's for an entire, um, basically all of basketball. Um, just just a reminder that Shrewdus Marshallonis is in the Hall of Fame because he's the best player um, from, at the time, the USSR um, and uh, uh, Lithuania. So Chris Weber basically changed an entire generation of college basketball. And so... You have to have the Fab Five in some way involved in the Hall of Fame. And if you're not going to obviously induct the other four, um, I mean, I think Jalen Rose Rose will eventually get in as a commentator. Um, but I mean, how can you not have Chris Weber in the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, I, you can't. You can't. You can't have that argument without bringing up um, by only having the NBA conversation. Yeah, I think Chris Weber totally deserves it. I mean, he's such a transformative figure. And he's not even really that polarizing. I think from what I could tell, unless you're like somebody who's hardcore, like a Michigan alum, booster fan who takes issue with whatever controversy that was, nobody else really cares. <laughs> and they know that, especially if you're of a, of a particular generation, that Chris Weber was the guy. He had a great career, you know, if, Hey, if, uh, if the refs didn't screw up that game, he might have a title and it might be hands down. Chris Weber is a Hall of Famer, but I think he I think he deserves deserves it. The thing that 
trips me out is like when he got into the league, I was like, oh my God, this is the modern day power forward, the modern day big man. And he's going to be like one of the best power forwards of all time. And, and then we saw all these other power forwards who I guess arguably were more transformative after him, like KG, uh, but he was the first. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. KG, yeah. you had uh, Tim Duncan. Like you said, he was the first of of uh, of many in the power forward uh, uh, pantheon. Yeah. The irony is Nelly wanted a, a point forward for a very, very long time. And he finally got one and just could not get along with it. Yeah, him. and got mad when he would shoot threes. Or got mad when he would dribble the ball at the corner. <laughs> it was very bizarre, yeah. So I think we both agree. Chris Webber's in. Yeah. And and that's not even bias at all. I mean, that that dude ruined my childhood. So I'm not saying I'm biased against. Yeah, I couldn't say I'm biased one way or the other. Uh, I just think he just deserves to get in because of his, uh, at least including his Michigan days. Yeah, definitely not his broadcasting, though, because that's subpar. (laughs) (laughs) But but, quick question on, on Webber, like, why hasn't he gotten in? Is there like a thing or he just hasn't been as good as the guys who did get in those years? So the ones who get in the easiest are the ones who are clear cut, really great college transformative players or clear cut NBA professional players or, you know, coach, whatever, broadcaster, whatever. The thing about Chris Webber is he's been on the cusp, a really, I mean, a big time cusp um, for for the, his pro game, right? What For me, what brings him over the edge is the fact that he was so transformative as a college basketball player. But the college years were very controversial. Like we forget that it was very racial. Like we were talking about racial stuff implied back then, but it wasn't like it was is today where we can actually talk about it. The fact that five kids uh, from from Michigan were wearing baggy, baggy um, shorts um, and winning championships, I think a lot part a lot of America was just like, I'm glad Duke won. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of us who were like 12 years old were like, Mom, Dad, can you buy me extra large jersey shorts? Yeah. Uh, and then I really love this guy named Chris Weber. Um, so it's kind of hard to, I mean, I don't think it's controversy at all. Like you could talk about the the timeout play and all this stuff, and I still don't understand why Michigan fans are like, fuck Chris Weber, he called timeout. I'm like. I was a Cal fan. Like I would have loved to get into the national championship mm-hmm. and lose. Yeah. Right. That would have been fucking awesome. Um, so it's kind of hard to think about all that without separating out sort of what his accomplishments are on actual pop culture. And so once you actually have to consider everything all together, then you have to think about it as opposed to let's just bring up Ben Wallace, for example, who's just like, He's just basketball. He's just pro basketball, and he won four defensive players of the years. So you just stack up numbers and awards and all this stuff, right? You're not talking about what his impact is on Detroit. or Actually, you should talk about how many of those players from the 2009 uh, Detroit Pistons championship should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm not sure how many of them are. Um, but with Chris Weber, you have to consider all these different factors. Yeah, yeah. I definitely remember all that stuff from the Weber days. And I agree. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but like you were on the side that like you were mad at him when he left. I was like on the side that was mad at the Warriors organization for screwing this up and letting him leave. I wasn't, I wasn't mad at him leaving. I was mad at him getting to the point where 
like he came in and he acknowledged later, which is way too late, that he was too young and too selfish and had never lived on his own. And so I was mad at him for not being mature enough to handle moving across the country and being a number one pick and playing basketball for the Warriors and then leaving uh, and then making the choice, making making the franchise have, decide between him and the coach and then the coach getting fired later anyway or pushed out. Yeah. So that's what I was upset with. Like, I really wish they chose earlier. Like if, if they were to get rid of Nelly anyway, then um, yeah. Why, why get, why not just get rid of Nelly early? Well, it's because Nelly was the one that convinced them to move Weber. Right. So it was, yeah. it was like, it's just idea. ridiculous. Uh, but it, Actually, real quick, it just reminds me about Mitch Richmond. Like that guy, I loved him on the Warriors, but that dude literally got traded to the Kings from like the Warriors, who were starting to be a consistent playoff team, to the garbage Kings. And then as the Wizards were getting good with Weber and Juwan Howard and Rod Strickland, Calvert Cheney, whatever, uh, they trade Weber and Richmond goes to Washington and they're trash again. <laughs> like he kept getting traded to the trash teams. Like every team he went to was worse. <laughs> so uh, maybe the hall of fame induction for him was kind of like, uh, you know, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't know how that happened. You're listening to the Oakland Warriors podcast. Do you know Oakland Warriors is a website too? OaklandWarriors.com offers a collection of Warriors t-shirts that are comfy, classy, and cool. Fit for a real Warriors fan like you. Forget basic tees and boring designs. With Oakland Warriors, you can show your team pride with those in the know. I have a shirt from OaklandWarriors.com. It's comfy and soft, and it reps the dubs in a low-key, fun way. Don't believe me? Check out OaklandWarriors.com and use the code PODCAST at checkout for a 10% discount. Yeah, moving on to uh, Ben Wallace, what do you think? What do you think? Does he deserve it? I mean, if you got four defensive players of the year, then I think, I mean, if I think you should get in. I mean, at this point, we're letting a lot of people in. Um, but if Dennis Rodman gets in because he averaged 20, 20 rebounds a game, then it's kind of hard to argue against somebody who um, was defensive player. Yeah. Four times. And he got a title, and he was big in that title. And you yeah, know, that helped push him push him over i i think he deserves it i really want ben wallace to get in because that helps draymond green's case no matter what <laughs> you know um draymond green has i mean it's also great he wasn't drafted too i mean it's a great story if yeah. you think about this as a museum it's a great story yeah 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 um i would also love to like hear his speech because i don't think i've ever heard ben wallace talk <laughs> well that's what youtube is for but anyone else on the hall of fame roster uh, Rick Adelman, <laughs> sure. Uh, Chris Bosch, probably going to happen. Yeah. Michael Cooper, I'm surprised he's not already in, to be honest. I kind of wish I watched Michael Cooper when I was a little bit older because as a kid in the 80s, everybody on the Lakers you thought was like awesome, you know? And he was like this great defensive specialist and everything. I really wonder what my impressions would be. He's been. a good case. If he gets in, then Draymond should definitely get in, right? Oh, yeah. You kidding me? Draymond like was more of a leader on three title yeah. teams, and Draymond's making a great case, reminding people how overall good he is this season, yeah. how unique he is on offense to be like averaging as a power forward technically and part time center, ten, eleven assists a game. You kidding me? 
Paul Pierce is the obvious one. Uh, the Bill, Bill Russell as a coach thing that confuses me. Like this is why I still think it's so weird to split up all of your jobs. I guess to see what you can get into the Hall of Fame as. I feel like his Hall of Fame induction should just be an update to his existing Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just seems it seems weird that this already didn't happen before. Is what I'm saying. I'm not saying now. Is this the first year that? he's up for it as a coach. Cause he stopped coaching many no. decades ago. Oh. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is like, this should have been done when he was inducted as a player, right? It should have been like player and coach. Yeah. So maybe, maybe the hall of fame was racist back then. It was just like, we can't have him in. He was the first African American coach yeah. in the NBA. He was yeah. like, it just makes sense that they should have done it back then when he first got in. Yeah. Um, but it also speaks to how com- complicated this stuff is because Steve Kerr, if you think about a lifetime achievement, then yeah, he should be in, but he's probably going to, I mean, do you think he's going to get in right now as a coach with three, with three championships? I do. I do think he'll get in because also just like the popularity vote, as long as he doesn't do anything crazy like Tim Hardaway, (laughs) Um, uh, which of course he won't, then having three titles and then, the goodwill and then just kind of in the back of people's minds, like, you know, he hit a big shot for the Jordan bulls. He was a very solid broadcaster. Uh, he was a GM. <laughs> I won't put any adjectives around. He was an okay GM that uh, during the Steve Nash years. So I think he, I think he will. And if you tack on, you know, another five, six, seven years as a coach, and you tie that with a franchise that is still in the playoffs and maybe in contention every now and then, then a hundred percent, I think he'll be, he'll be in there. I, I do have a question about Paul Pierce though. I've always questioned, I've always wondered about Paul Pierce. What did you think of him before they became a super team? Because the Celtics, as far as I recall, were not very good. And he was just a guy putting up numbers for a relatively mediocre to bad Celtics team. I, I I really thought for a while that getting KG and Ray Allen, then winning a title and then making the finals and losing to the Lakers, all that stuff, those two, three years, whatever, where they were on top of the league, that's what made him an obvious hall of fame choice. Because again, before that, I, I didn't think he was that, special you know he put up points since his rookie year but i also just thought it was like some of that oh he won a title in boston that counts for like seven titles like in minnesota or something yeah i mean it it is it's the titles right and it's the 10 all-star appearances um i'm surprised that's that's a good point about whether or not if he if he gets if he does not win finals MVP or the final, if he is definitely in as a first ballot hall of famer, I think we should also consider the last few years of his playing career, uh, Clippers, Wizards, Nets as sort of staining his, his, you know, his, his, our perception of him. Yeah. Um, that might have something to do with it too. I mean, the, the 10 all-star games, even if it's in the East, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. That actually makes me think, well, he was consistent enough, you know, like, cause was he, I used to think he was more like an Antoine Walker. He could have been like more of a Bradley Beal, 
You know, you just didn't have enough. You didn't have anything. So like, that's kind of where I, I look at my perception of Paul Pierce and I was like, Oh, maybe I was wrong. I think he's a good commentator too. So he, you know, he might get in for, for that. Yeah. I mean, Paul Pierce, I mean, part of this is also, i just don't watch enough Eastern conference games my whole life. Like I, this is like, this is like asking me questions about the, the major league baseball, the American league in baseball. I just did not grow up watching um, Celtics games other than those finals yeah. here. So yeah, I mean, great. He's a great Boston Celtic, but sure. Yeah. It's crazy though. I remember cause that 1998 draft that he was in, man, that was a hell of a draft, right? Yeah, 1995 McDonald's All-American game was Kevin Garnett, um, Vince Carter, him, Stefan Marbury, Antoine Jameson. Yeah. The 98 draft, like he he was the 10th pick and he lit it up his rookie year. He may have won rookie of the year, but like that was a that was a stacked draft, man. Like Vince Carter, Nowitzki, Michael Oliva Candy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the Mavericks they 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 picked uh, Robert Tractor Trailer out of Michigan and traded him to the Bucks for Nowitzki. So good on them. I mean, he definitely yeah, he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I just don't think that we are yeah the target audience for any Celtics <laughs> retired player. I hope to be excited. I hope in this uh, museum, as you call it, of a Hall of Fame, they do something about that finals game where he had to get carried off and wheeled off whatever, but he really just pooped in his pants or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I did not know he that. Had to go to the is that a real story? Yeah. yeah. You also know where the Hall of Fame is located, right? Springfield, right? Springfield, what state? Illinois. Massachusetts. Oh. So, I mean, if we're talking about selling tickets, then obviously. Yeah. Do you know how the ELO rating works? This is just sort of calculating the strength of um, an opponent. Uh, I don't know what goes into it, but I know what it is. This year, um, you know, the the schedule was split in half with the second half being um, implemented after the All-Star break. Uh, 538 came out with um, a chart that shows the strength of schedule for all, for all the teams from the previous um, half versus the next half. And I had always been reading that the Warriors had a really hard first half and so i was hoping the second half would be easier but when the strength the strength of schedule came out they were one of five teams that were exactly on the line in terms of the strength of schedule being the exact same strength uh, in the beginning of the year um, versus the end of the year so golden state indiana philly phoenix and atlanta all have just as difficult of a time in the second half as the first what's really interesting is you know the warriors are like 10th place right now in the western conference um, they're tied with a bunch of different teams pretty much with like one or two game differences and two teams that are in that sort of pack, the Portland trailblazers and the Spurs have a very difficult second half season of the season. So this might really affect, um, that playoff chase. And of all the teams that have a very easy, um, second half, um, there really isn't, um, any, any team within that pack that's going to have a much easier time. Um, what's really funny is the Utah Jazz have a very easy uh, schedule coming up, which is very bizarre to me. The Pelicans, actually, the Pelicans have an easy schedule too, and OKC, but I don't think OKC is is in that pack. Yeah, I think Portland and San Antonio, like you said, I think they're going to go further south in the playoff standings. 
but we also have to thread the needle, right? Like that's what everybody's saying. That's what we're talking about, you know, get into the playoffs, have a little fun, but then keep our pick. Yeah. I mean, but you don't really plan for that. That just happens. Unless you're Bob Myers and you you tinker <laughs> with the lineup to make that happen. It all really depends on whether we trade Uber or not at this point. And right now, right now, you just don't know if you're a buyer or a seller. I mean, if the strength of schedule was going to be super hard, like Orlando's strength of schedule coming up, then maybe you bail after a few games. Um, but if the schedule is super easy, then maybe you buy. Yeah. Cause you just need, you just really need to get into the, into the playoffs to have a chance this year. Yeah. And I mean, like it's really fitting that they're right pretty much smack dab in the middle. Cause everything about this season is ungodly mediocre. <laughs> what might hurt the warriors really is, is, or a lot of teams is who think they have a chance is, is what the Miami heat did last year. I mean, everybody probably thinks that they, they might be a Miami heat this year. So yeah. 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 Like they just think, Oh, we just need to get in. I mean, I think that about the warriors, right? <laughs> the warriors just need yeah. to get in and then who knows what Steph is going to do, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. Or make that one trade, make that one trade, get in. And then who knows? Yeah. Pelicans are all the way down um, with the uh, four games behind the warriors. That's, a reason why I realized a couple of weeks ago that like, Oh, the warriors are going to be in the play in, right? Because the wolves, the rockets, the Kings, the thunder either are not good enough or don't want to make the playoffs. And um, the Pelicans, uh, they can make a push, but I don't see them being good enough. And, and them winning the seventh or eighth seed still right now, they would play the sons of the jazz who I don't really trust in the playoffs. Yeah. And let's face facts. Cause we have Steph. It's like the Warriors are one of those teams that like, if they get in, I'm not saying that yeah. they'll get to the finals or the conference finals, but like they will scare whoever they play in the first round. They do have a chance yeah. of, of pushing uh, a team further. Yeah. I mean the two, the, the, the reasons are if the, if the Warriors end up playing the jazz or the Suns in the first round, the team with the best player wins. And that team is the Warriors with Steph. Yeah. And uh, there has been another time where an eight seed has beat the first seed, and that was the Warriors. So we have um, an irrational confidence when it comes to that. Yeah. All right. That's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And check us out on Twitter at Oakland Warriors. And check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. Also, be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.